Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Pine. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Pine. Get woke. We didn't talk last week, but we're talking this week. We talk most weeks. It's our favorite segment. Thursday Coast with the founder of Daily Coast, the largest online progressive community, the founder of Civics. With a Q, which I was on a, had a, you all probably heard a guest I had on earlier this week talking about polling, hit strategies. And I even was suggesting hit strategies uh, collaborate with civics and do some polling as they poll Gen Zers and millennials. He's also the host of the new and popular podcast, <laughs> the largest uh, podcast. I love how you oversell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Brief. Uh, Marcos Melissus is here with us. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. It's always such a I, pleasure. I want to I want to talk to you about um, what you discussed on the brief this week. But before we do that, Joe Biden in Pittsburgh unveiling the infrastructure plan. He is a person who, by his own admission, likes big effing deals. And we don't have to get into all the, the details. We know how necessary this is, but. It seems to me even, you know, Joe the plumber, who might have been MAGA, has to look in this and say, hey, I might just get a job or another job or a better job. I mean, this really hits everyone, doesn't it? Mark, this thing is brilliant on the policy. It's brilliant on the politics. I can't even stand it. Now, we can argue that there should be it should be bigger. And it was whittled down, apparently, because some Democrats, and by some Democrats, we're probably talking about Joe Manchin. Some Democrats, a.k.a. Joe Manchin, was arguing that it might have been too big. But that said, this is trillions of dollars of much-needed upgrades to our infrastructure, including roads um, and bridges and public transportation. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, Republicans are still doing the soul, the socialism and 
busting the deficit. But Biden really framed this really well, right? By saying Republicans busted the deficit to the tune of what, $8 trillion of debt while Donald Trump was in office. And Republicans never once complained about the debt or the deficit, including when they passed those tax cuts for, for billionaires. And so he phrased it, you know, his framing was they only, they don't complain when it helps billionaires. They only complain when that spending helps regular Americans. And that is an absolutely deadly talking point. I mean, that goes to the dagger of, of the Republicans. And the AP released a poll yesterday that found that two thirds of Americans, including I think half of Republicans, support this infrastructure bill. This is after polling showing that about two thirds of Americans supported the American Rescue Plan, including about 40% of Republicans. This stuff is popular. And Republicans are so bereft of leadership right now. They are aimless. Donald Trump is more interested in attacking the Republican Party as opposed to leading the Republican Party. Mitch McConnell is is deadly unpopular. He's he's not an effective messenger. They're fighting amongst themselves um, between the Freedom Caucus and and uh, and the Main Street uh, Alliance of Republicans and so on. They're all arguing. There's no real message, and it's telling that during this $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan that Fox News focused instead on Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head instead of actually trying to frame this legislation. And I bet you, Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet you right now that over the next few weeks, as Congress, as this new um, infrastructure bill makes its way through Congress, that Fox News is going to be talking about the border and the supposed crisis on the border as opposed to really defining this legislation. So what that does is it just allows Joe Biden and Democrats to um, to define the terms of that debate, that this is about helping people. And it is incredibly popular. And, and once again, we talked about this a few weeks ago, Mark, Republicans gave Democrats a gift by unanimously opposing the rescue plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do the same once again with this uh, spending bill. And so Democrats can come in and say, this is all from, it's all because Democrats were elected. And I think that's going to put Republicans on the defensive next year during the midterm elections, even in safer Republican seats. Because she had, what's the, that North Carolina a-hole um, Congressman uh, Hoth, um, Cawthorn? Um, he, you know, he was bragging about spending in his district that yeah. came from the American Rescue Plan that he right. voted against. That he voted and, against. And, and we've seen several senators, Republicans, already do this and just watch. They're going to keep doing this. As money trickles down into those districts, you're going to have these Republicans bragging about that spending when they opposed and voted against it. And in the past, they may have gotten away with it. But I don't, I don't think, I think there's too many people paying attention. You have, you know, Twitter and Facebook and you have means of, of communicating and reaching people with the actual truth of the matter. And Mark, again, we've talked about this before, but those monthly checks that parents are getting for children, the $3,000 a year above the age of six and $3,600 a year uh, below the age of six. If it's a question of voting for Republicans who would cut that money off, or Democrats who are helping people, I think even QAnon Republicans are going to have to think twice on how they vote. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would agree with you. And and so that that's what you mentioned in that is a perfect segue because on the brief this week you talked about the crisis or the supposed crisis. That's what they're trying to manufacture, right? Uh, 
They've got to, and you're not talking this for They seem intent. They try. They're still trying to get a scandal that that sticks to Joe Biden. They haven't found one yet. So this is the latest one, right? So we got to create a border crisis of his doing. Yeah, it's not even a scan. They got nothing, right? Joe Biden is an old white guy. Like they don't know what to do with yeah, no old theory. white man. And um, again, who was the poster just just yesterday? Uh, Might have been Morning Consult. One of those posters had Joe Biden at sixty percent approval rating, including thirty percent among twenty percent amongst Republicans. I mean, that's just mind boggling. Civics isn't showing that high, but even Civics is showing Joe Biden above water in his favorability ratings. Donald Trump was always unpopular. He was always in the high 30s, low 40s, his entire presidency. Uh, Joe Biden is flirting with you know, high 50s, 60%. So um, he is popular and all the usual othering attacks aren't working. You can't, you know, he's not from Kenya. You, you, you can't make up. A, this is what, the, what, what this whole, you know, Hunter Biden in the Ukraine thing was, was trying to other him by like, scary you know foreign country and obviously that flopped big time and so they got nothing and and you know so they're really leaning and there's no leadership it's not like donald trump is leading a principled conservative um pushback against democratic spending i mean we we you and i could sit here really easily and come up with the republican you know cohesive republican response to all this democratic spending they're not even trying because they're too busy fighting each other. And Donald Trump, all he cares about is settling scores. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but he actually crashed a wedding at Mar-a-Lago to air his grievances at a, at a wedding. <laughs> so um, um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Uh, I <laughs> forgot your question. I was like, There's Donald no Trump point. at a wedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I know. But, but, but the point is, they there is no crisis oh, of, that's it. of Biden's doing, and this just won't stick. They, they, they no, it won't. it won't stick. The immigrant wave right now at the border, this, this sort of increased number of crossings is seasonal. It happens every single spring. Why does it happen every spring? Because the weather is better. It doesn't rain as much as any, anymore. So the Rio Grande is not as, as, as dangerous as it is in the winter. Um, and it's just seasonally. It happens every single spring. And who's at the border? Children. They don't represent a threat to the United States. Mm -hmm. They are not in any way a problem to be calling it a crisis. Now, each individual um, child minor that is at the border is a crisis. They're there for a reason. There's a reason their parents sold everything that they own to pay a coyote with all the dangers associated to get them out of their, their, you know, Honduras or El Salvador. And that's the rampant drug fueled gang related violence that is murdering thousands of those kids. Those parents are desperate. This is an, this is a issue of desperation and they are allowed an asylum hearing under us law. I know that, that Donald Trump made that controversial, but asylum should not be controversial. So who, looks at a child knocking on your door, slams the door on them. I, I don't understand. I mean, we all saw that, you know, the video of the doorman sh closing the door on the Asian woman who was beaten, you know, who's beaten senseless by, that, by uh, that attacker in New York City. And we're all horrified by that. 
Well, Republicans are doing that every single day to those children on the border. You do not slam the door on desperate children looking for help. That's the crisis. Yeah. There's no danger to the United States. Now, there's a large number. They need to, to um, we know that the Trump administration refused to staff up the Homeland Security Department during the transition period. So you still have people coming in. They need to find places for these kids to stay. There's a lot of things that need to happen. And you can say, okay, yeah, it's a crisis that they're spending too long in ICE detention as opposed to being moved over to better accommodations provided by Health and Human Services. If that's a crisis we're talking about, absolutely. Yeah. Like, let's let's make sure we bolster that capability. But kids knocking on our southern border, on our door, asking for help, how is that a national crisis? Only in Republican minds is children asking, asking for help a bad thing. Those Republicans are like that doorman shutting the door. Yeah, no, that, uh, that's a very apt analogy, Marcos. But that's politics. They've got to find some foil. They've got to find some way. Uh, because they don't work. They don't do anything. They're not promoting any policy None. whatsoever. They didn't so even they, have a platform. They didn't even right. bother having a platform this last election. They can't even pretend right. to have an ideology anymore. Right, right. So so this is what this is what they're doing to take advantage of that. And it is uh, um, it's um, it, it's it's truly shameful. You um, something else that, that you and I have talked about um and this is a follow-up to what you're saying about man mansion and the only problem we know in the Senate. Um, but there's someone else and you actually finally wrote her up uh, <laughs> pretty strongly. Uh, and, and that's cinema from Arizona. What she still doesn't get. It. What, you know, what, the, she, what does she think? It's there, there's the problem with cinema. Isn't that she's being, too conservative. I mean, we can look at Joe Manchin. We can look at his state. We can see, okay, that's a state that Trump won by 30 to 40 points. We, by no, we shouldn't have a Democratic senator from West uh, Virginia. It is a gift to us. And yeah, Manchin is a pain in the butt, but at least we have a chance at getting stuff through with Manchin. We wouldn't if it was a Republican held seat, right? So it, it is, it's a necessary a pain in the butt. And I'm willing to cut Manchin some slack. Cinema, when she represents a state that was the birthplace of modern conservatism with uh, Barry Goldwater, it was a very conservative state for a long time. She was the first Democrat elected to the Senate from Arizona in something like 40 years. I could see you win that way. And she didn't win by that much either, right? By a few points. That you might think, okay, this is this is like a West Virginia situation. I got to be very careful because this is a conservative state. But what we've seen since then is a massive increase in Democratic performance. Uh, American Indians, particularly Navajo Nation, and Latinos came out in record numbers. The suburbs are, sh and Arizona has ginormous suburbs. The su suburbs are shifting um, because of you know the college-educated white women that we've talked about before. There's this shift going on the way. Joe Biden won Arizona. Not only did Joe Biden win Arizona, but Mark Kelly running on an explicitly liberal platform won relatively easily. The Arizona of today is not the Arizona that Kirsten Cinema thinks exists. And so we track at Civics, uh, we track the approval ratings of all of all elected federal officials. And 
And so I published in a piece that that um, got a fair amount of, of attention, thankfully, I'm glad it did, showed that her approval ratings statewide are plummeting. I mean, obviously, you know, when she did the thumbs down on minimum wage, um, it hurt her politically with Democrats. And uh, I forget the exact numbers, but she is now pretty significantly underwater her approval ratings, her favorables versus unfavorables. What's really amazing, though, Mark, is that her numbers fell amongst independents as well. Turns out independents aren't liking this. And she didn't really get a bump amongst Republicans. So it's not like they're giving her any credit for being you know, a pain in the butt. Now you look at Mark Kelly, because we're also tracking Mark Kelly. He has sky high approval ratings, obviously amongst Democrats, but also among independents. I mean, he is so safe. It's not even funny. He is safe because and he's, he's voted reliably liberal, you know, his entire short, you know, last two months, he's only been in the Senate for a couple months, but um, he is popular. And so she is so grossly misreading her state, where it's at now, that one, she's making it difficult for her um, to survive a primary challenge if one were to arise. And two, she's making it difficult to survive a general election campaign, even if she were to survive a primary challenge. Now, the advantage she has is that she's safe for another four years, right? She isn't, she's not facing re-election until 2024. So um, so she's got some time to read the polls. And if she doesn't believe them, she can go to Arizona, spend some time hanging around, maybe look at election results from 2020, see how that state has evolved and realize, okay, this is, this is not the Arizona I think it is, and I can, I can do better. So that's what that's what we're hoping for sure. I mean, Mansion, Mansion, he's got West Virginia. It's a real, it's a real challenge. Yeah. I don't, I don't begrudge him as much. But uh, Kirsten Cinema, like, there's no reason for her to be as performatively obnoxious as she has been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe we need somebody to talk to her and just try to help her understand what her state is. I, I don't well, know. To be, I mean, on that front, though, there, uh, Arizona activists, the same people that helped get her elected, are actually doing a good job of putting some pressure on her. So she's getting the message. She is getting it. She's just ignoring She's getting it. the message. I don't need to send it to her. Like, the, the people that need to deliver it are the people that, that she needs for any potential primary and, uh, and just to win a general election. Because she's not going to win a general election without the help of those Arizona activists that help her win the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More MIP after this message. Hey there, this is Christina Gonzalez, and I'm so excited for you to check out my new podcast, Politics of Food. On this show, we explore the political, economic, and social implications of food creation and consumption, both locally and worldwide. Should we eat first or should we protest first? Like, okay, <laughs> let's organize, let's talk to the press, let's get our word out, and then let's sit down and eat. Follow Politics of Food with Christina Gonzalez at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. I think you also spoke with Merkley, too, if I'm not mistaken. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke with Merkley. Yes. Yeah. And so and we haven't talked since any. So what about you talked to him about the filibuster and right. And, and so yeah. where, where where do we stand on that now? So he was he was surprisingly optimistic about chances of reforming the filibuster. Um, I don't know if he was doing it, you know, <laughs> I don't know how much of it was real optimism and how much of it was was uh, aspirational 
optimism. Um, but his point was that the you don't really, I mean, it'd be great if you get rid of the filibuster and we need to get rid of the filibuster. And Merkley has been sort of the number one um, reformer on filibuster issues in the Senate for, for years now. So he's got a lot of credibility on this issue. His, so, you know, his point, though, was like, even if we don't get rid of the filibuster, there are ways to pass bills with 50 plus one votes. And so, for example, we're seeing it happen right now where, where Chuck Schumer just came up with a, you know, you were supposed to be limited to two reconciliation bills a year. He just came up with a magical third one. And so the majority can can change those rules anytime they want. So, uh, for example, the, the reconciliation used to need to be deficit neutral. That was the original rule. When Mitch McConnell passed the, the, the Trump tax cuts with a, a bare majority, he basically changed the rules at the very end and said, okay, it doesn't need to be deficit neutral anymore. We're going to throw away that rule. And then it passed because the majority gets to really make whatever rule it wants. So this is a way that, that maybe Manchin can save face because Manchin's, you know, he's been insistent that, no, we're not going to get rid of the filibuster. But they can say, just like reconciliation, you know, exists, they can say, well, a, a voting rights bill, the For the People Act that is, you know, has passed the House and it's now in the Senate. They can say when it comes to voting rights issues, that only requires a majority or that falls under budget reconciliation rules. And they can just declare it. And they don't need to get rid of the filibuster to do that. Um, there's a really solid constitutional argument that statehood for DC can pass with a bare majority as well, that it doesn't need to have a, that it cannot be filibustered. So his whole thing was like, let's get rid of the filibuster because it's a piece of crap, obviously. And we even heard Joe Biden call it a, a relic of a Jim Crow era. But even if they don't, they can also, they can, uh, they, there's ways they can pass things with 50 plus one votes that don't require getting rid of the filibuster. So it's not all dire. And the thing is, were those rules designed to be, you know, rewritten that, that like that? No. Was the filibuster designed to be used dozens of times a year? Absolutely not. And we went decades where it would be used once or twice, almost always for civil rights legislation. But it was always considered a extreme uh, measure of last resort. And the way that it has been used recently is ahistorical, it's atypical. And so as long as you're within the rules of the chamber and changing those rules is within the rule of the, is within bounds of the, of what they're allowed to do, then it sounds that they're willing to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope so. The new Georgia voting rights legislation. I mean, here's a man in Governor Kemp who literally uh, promoted and got a law passed to keep him in office because there was no way fair and square that he could beat Stacey Abrams a second time. He would no longer. He's still, he's still not going to. Okay. Even with all the restrictions. So, I mean, first of all, a lot of this stuff is going to be litigated. So we still don't know how much of it will stick. I mean, banning handing out water bottles to people standing in line is so grossly gross 
that I, I can't imagine any court upholding that. There's just no rationale for doing that other than to make it more painful to vote. There's a chance that all of this gets superseded. If, if Congress passed, if the Senate passes the For the People Act, it actually would probably overrule most of these restrictions. So it is absolutely imperative that the Senate act. And, uh, and I know Joe Manchin's kind of saying that we need Republican votes to pass it. We'll, we'll see what happens in the end. Manchin will mention. But in the end, um, I hope he does the right thing on that. Um, but besides that, I think the situation in Georgia has changed right now. There, there, there's a realization with, uh, with core Democratic constituencies, including young Georgians, communities of color, the black uh, vote, which is as massive as it is, that we can win in Georgia, right? I think Warnock winning was a best thing to happen to Georgia. It might even be the best thing to happen to the U.S. Senate in decades, but it's the best thing to happen to Georgia politically because it sent the message to those communities that if they turn out, they can win. And they know that these restrictions are happening, right? This is all being messaged. And so I am actually confident that it may actually backfire and piss people off enough that it may goose turnout, that it may actually increase turnout. We've seen that happen before where restrictions backfire because it just sends a message that says they're afraid of you. They know they can't win if you turn out and vote. And right. then that gives you even more reason to want to turn out and vote. And then you have Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock on the same freaking ballot. I mean, is that not the dream ticket of dream tickets? <laughs> right, right, right. No, you're right. That's exactly what happened in 2012. Um, you know, when 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 they were trying to suppress our vote, it inspired more people to get out and vote. So I think you're right. Yes. It is a dream ticket. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm right. I'm hopeful. But I really would rather that the Senate pass the For the People Act so that we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, well, they should. And there's no excuse. Mansion. There's no excuse for that. Mansion. No. It, the For the People Act has to be passed. Mansion. Talking to you. You mentioned what happened with the Asian woman. I think what the security guard did was as bad as the man who stomped her just to close the door in the way he did. It was just Brutal. unbelievable. And mm. uh, so we're seeing that. And then we've got this Derek Chauvin trial. Um, some of this, to me, some of this stuff is it, it's just elementary. There's a video of him killing George Floyd. What, what is the trial for? I mean, you need a trial because, you know. It's constitutionally protected. Um, but every witness they've had, and there's been a few, has basically said this was murder. Yeah. And so if you're the jury and you're looking at witness after witness after witness after witness, not to mention the, the video, talking about how this was murder, it was unnecessary. I think that the paramedic was amazing. Right. Saying like she wanted to help and she wasn't allowed. Like, why would they not allow the paramedic to help? I mean, it just boggles the mind. He wasn't it was a freaking it was a counterfeit bill, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. And um, and then all of that. And, you know, what's going to be Derek Chauvin's defense? Uh, he felt threatened or I mean, I, t there is none. So I can't if there is justice in this country. And of course, we know that that's a questionable question right i mean it's not it's not as easy as an answer as it should be um this should be an open and sh shut case yeah i don't think america can take 
another acquittal, Marcos. I, I don't think that just can't happen. People not the evidence is just clear. I mean, it's it's just too easy. And if people think last summer was bad, yep. You acquit this dude. What do you think this summer is going to be? Mm-hmm. So, so people really need to think very, very carefully about that, including this over procedural judge. And, and to be clear, you don't even have to worry about that. Just look at the freaking facts of the case. I mean, if you look at this, what happened, and you think that the cop was just, justified in any way, when nobody is testifying to that. I mean, what what did defense do so far? That he might have been high. Yeah, attack, attack. Maybe, maybe he was high. That's what they do. They attack the deceased. That's Who what gives they a do. shit? Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> That he might have been high. Right, right, right. Um, I'm looking at civics, too. Black Lives Matter, as of a few days ago, 47% of those polled at civicswithaq.com supported, 40% oppose it. It's kind of holding steady for a minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's an acquittal, you'll, I think you'll see that move very quickly again. Um, what you've seen is that the right wing has consolidated in opposition. So support for Black Lives Matter has certainly gone up since since that those horrible weeks, you know, when you had uh, um, just a string of, of murders of uh, black Americans, uh, including Floyd. And um, at the time, a lot of Fox News viewers had no had no opinion, right? So they were, if you look at that chart, they were sort of undecided on it. Then Fox News came in and said, these people are communist and scary and they want to go to the suburbs and, you know, they did their thing. Yeah. Uh, and it, so they consolidated that support against Black Lives Matter. But it's actually, it still has majority support. It actually has majority support amongst independents. Mm-hmm. I mean, at a certain point, Republicans don't matter anymore. At a certain point, you have to realize that, that, uh, you're not going to change them. They're trapped in Fox News land. They're, they're trapped with Q conspiracies. You are not going to change them. Who can you move? And some of those independents, which are people who don't really pay attention to politics that much. Yeah. That's the, the real battleground. And, and when it comes to those independents, when it comes to young Americans, sort of the future of the country, Black Lives Matter has a lot more support. Uh, last at 52% in June of last year. And this is just April. So we'll see what happens. And I think Marco's right. Those numbers will jump again if this trial is not handled in the proper way. Uh, So we will see what happens. Check out the brief, folks, every week. It's on YouTube and it's a podcast. Check out civicswithaq.com. And as always, subscribe to and check out Daily Coast. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Mark. And everybody, please keep wearing your masks. We're so close to the end. You know, just six more weeks and a lot of us, you know, the majority of us are going to have the vaccine. We're so close. Get the vaccine. I think anybody watching this, listening to you, Mark, is going to get the vaccine. But uh, keep wearing those masks. We're not out of the woods just yet. And we're, we're at the we're we may be seeing a third wave, which is just ridiculous, given how close we are to the end. Like we're almost there. Almost. Almost. Thanks, Marcos. Thank you very much. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.